and welcome to Comedy Truths. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie DeSanto. And tonight we're joined by our pop com Adult. fathers. Godfathers. <laughs> our com pop fathers. Uh, com pop father. Oh. Stuck the landing on that one. Yeah, that was, was Carrie Ooh, Strong. Jimmy and Keith are here. Jeez, yeah, they're here. Hello. For a Hello. very special Com Majors pop addled movie special. It's a as crossover. We Denny Villeneuve's sci fi blockbuster, Dune. But first, as always, Blockster. Blockbuster. Well, you spoke <laughs> sorry. right as I was trying yeah, to. I was so the, distracted by the fact that you did not say his last name. With the, <laughs> the finesse that you usually use. Venu. Yes, I uh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate your pronunciation. Um, what is everybody drinking for Dune? It's a, a sandy, dry atmosphere. We need plenty of moisture. What does everybody have? I was inspired to move outside my comfort zone, and I'm drinking some bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. It's sand very, colored very, liquid. Yes, very odd mm-hmm. choice for Jim. Spi- is it spiced bourbon? No. 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 Katie, lots of so uh, many suggestions. Recommendations. And from listen, the they followers. were really thematic, but so labor intensive. We're going to leave those to Timmy because I don't even know where to find half of those things. Um, so the one suggestion was water is life. So spiked seltzer. That's what Katie's drinking. All right. All right. On a little crushed ice, which is lovely. I had had a little crushed ice left over from my Popeye's lemonade. Popeye's lemonade. Popeye's lemonade. (laughs) It was a little special treat. We had a child break an arm tonight, so we had it was a little bit of a different evening. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a story for another time. Story for another time. Yes, Keenan, what do you got? Well, first of all, we should say, Keenan, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Back from the honeymoon. Uh, back from bailing on Tim from what seemed like two months. Seriously, it was like a month and a half. Lots of amazing programming by Tim. Some of the best work Pop Adult has done in years. (laughs) (laughs) But now you're back. So what do you have, Keenan? So I actually have two drinks. My non-alcoholic is just a polar seltzer. Uh, This flavor is raspberry pink lemonade. Mm. But my alcoholic is to celebrate the wedding. A little Windred Cider, Ooh. the Black Cherry, but I'm not drinking out of this can. I am drinking it out of my mug that I got after I graduated as a comm major. It says, yes. never underestimate the power of someone who majored in communications. <laughs> yes, Keenan, is this the first time you've been on as an official comm major? It is. It is, actually. This yeah, is the first you know time Keenan's been on comm major's. As, as an actual comedy. com major graduate. And as a result, we picked a much higher quality <laughs> film for you than you usually uh, are invited in the lab to discuss yeah. on the program. Uh, Tim, what Spike Seltzer do you have for us? <laughs> or Miller Lite. <laughs> the Bon Vive uh, yes. Black Cherry. Nice. Uh, and I'm with Very Katie, nice. by the way. The preferred method is to throw it over ice. It just, I don't know, it does something to like yes, it elevates. the pop or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. And also, sorry, I need to comment on I've never eaten at Popeye's mm. ever really never uh, not not and, that I'm like avoiding it there's just like none in the area out here mm-hmm. um so like the lemonade at Chick-fil-a I love that shit is it is the Popeye's lemonade as good it's delicious it's so it's it's a frozen lemonade and I will tell you tonight was also my first time I think ever in a Popeye's um so kiddo broke her arm she got to request what we eat Popeye's it was a brilliant choice by her. I have Smart to be kid. honest. 
I had some assumptions about what would be inside of a Popeyes. What I didn't expect was a convergence of Harry Potter fans. (laughs) (laughs) She broke her arm playing Quidditch. We walked in. The kid in front of us was wearing a Slotherin t-shirt, like a sloth in a Harry Potter robe hat. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. My kid just broke her arm playing Quidditch. So then a whole conversation ensued. The lady behind us pulls out a straw and does the Reparo Bono, whatever the bone cure is. Anyway, she knows it. I don't. She's like, Reparo Osteo. I was like, what is happening? I, I thought you were about to say she pulled out the wand from yes. yeah, the wedding. Well, it was pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty close. It was pretty close. I mean, it was a plastic straw, but it was the same thing. <laughs> so much. you should go to Popeye's. That was the end of that story, Tim. Yeah, Popeye's fabulous. <laughs> Not what you'd Heard. expect. Um, I'm drinking Cape May Brewing Company. Coastal evacuation, double mm. IPA, fabulous beer. Coastal evacuation Feels very appropriate like for this year. I know. Yeah. Think it's yeah. appropriate. Cape May is blown up. Their beers are everywhere now, and they're good. They are. They're they they, are. they make some really good beer. Keenan yeah, gave well. me those special editions. I was supposed to give the Brian. I yeah. I drank them all. <laughs> he did. Never got them. Thank you. That happens Keenan. when you I, live yeah, six hours away. The, and the, the a thought, pandemic happens. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's the Lebowski one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is time. Can't wait for this. I've been waiting all week for this. Because I don't think I could do an accurate rundown of this film. Uh, uh, accurate? It's time for it might not the be. rundown. Time for the rundown. Here we go. I do have to admit that like just prior to me writing the rundown, we finally cleared up why this is not a post-apocalyptic film. Because it wasn't on Earth? That's it. Yep. Katie. Okay. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like, this is not Earth. Earth. I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Yep. Did the name Arrakis? I just like, thought it was a country. I thought it was a new country. <laughs> oh, it was a country. I, was like, oh, it's, I mean, it's the year 10,000. Do we think Iraq, that the... You... Right. Yes. It's the Middle East somewhere. Wow. Yeah. I'm really interested in your thoughts on this film after that statement. <laughs> really interested where it's going to go. Ooh. Well, so then I shifted my first sentence to be aware. Okay. It's 8,000 years from now, and there is human life on other planets. The spice trade on Arrakis is off the chain. The emperor has sent the Atreides to take over Arrakis and keep the spices flowing. Or maybe he just wants all of the Atreides to die horrible deaths. Mm, Hard to say. Transitions of power are tricky. Now, daddy Atreides is dead. And mama and son Atreides are surviving by using their mind powers, their super secret sign language, and the Hulk smash voice. Not even Duncan Idaho can save them. They may have to get their hands dirty and kill some sand people. This is Dune. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, oh God, Jim, that sound effect would have been amazing if we could have had that. Um, all right. Dune, sci-fi classic. It is time mm-hmm. to rate it. And then honor of our friends, from Pop Adult here. We'll do a double grading this week <laughs> where we will provide our usual letter grade and then we will go through the most scientific of all ratings, the Pop Adult thumb. Mm. <laughs> so why don't we start with Keenan? What is your letter grade and what is your thumbs for Dune? So this definitely gets an A for me. Um, 
it's like it's so close to being like an A plus. I think the only thing that's stopping it from getting an A plus for me, like that's how high I think of this movie, is the fact that it's only part one. So that does kind of take away from the movie a little bit. Uh, but it's it's an A. It's like a ninety eight. You know what I mean? It's like it's well, that's right an A plus. Yes, that would be an A plus. S- say it's a ninety four. Come on. Yeah, or ninety six. Okay. Usually ninety six point five. Back in my day, it, at good old upper darby high school if you didn't get 100 it wasn't an a plus in upper darby uh, i call bullshit yeah. <laughs> can we somebody somebody pull up a handbook this on that what, what's, what's what's the thumbs keeney just give what's two what's thumbs, thumbs up right, two, two thumbs, thumbs up. up this All movie right. is phenomenal tim um same grade two thumbs up and it's an a i wouldn't say it's an a plus um I don't know, like a plus to me is something that's like changing film, you know, and I don't think this movie gets to that level, but it's awesome. Perfect. Katie, I'm right. I'm right in the same line of thinking. Yeah. Solid A. So let's go about thumbs. Triple A thumbs. Would you give it (laughs) three quarters? Two full, two, thumbs two full thumbs. Now, is one thumbs. of those thumbs for the story? Is one for? <laughs> yes, you can just make like, up. You like can make up what. Oh, what, I didn't know. Whatever you want. Like dedicate a thumb. Okay, so got. I got it. I was just gonna say that one full thumb is for Oscar Isaac. The other thumb is for the secret sign language. I loved that. Oh, that was pretty fabulous. Yeah, like a friend of the podcast, Harrison. He has he has his own. System, system worked right? out for his his thumb okay. rankings and technical first and emotional oh. and then yeah. yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> I listen Jim what about you what do you give it um uh, I'm so torn here because it's so hard for me to grade this movie in a vacuum like because you've uh, read the book is that what you mean or because I've read the book because I'm familiar with like yeah the source material I I I think it's I think the movie itself is an A. Absolutely. Okay. Um, what about thumbs? Thumbs, I'm going to say <laughs> technical. I'll go with Harrison 100% up. I would say emotional, like eh, three quarters of the way up. It's right. the, I, I have issues with this movie that we can talk about, um, but yeah, it, it, it's technically, it's almost perfect. Mm-hmm. I myself... Um, was on that borderline. I, I think I'm like Keenan. I, I couldn't give it an A plus, even though I love it. And I think partly it's because that it is part one of two. So I have a, I don't know. I think like an A plus Timmy brought up needs to be like either game changing or flawless as a film. And I think that there maybe when the second part comes out and you can watch it as a combo, but judging it just on one film, it doesn't get to an A plus level. That's right. I do I agree. Got, with I got that. burned with it on that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i do agree with jim i think like technically it's pretty flawless you know i I mean visually emotion like a lot of it i think is great so i'll give one thumb up for cinematography the technical work the score the sound design all that type of stuff and one thumb up for rebecca ferguson my favorite actress. dude (laughs) she wow like she blew me away in this movie but to something that jim said like 
and maybe it's my own fault because I didn't read the book, but I saw the eighties movie. So I kind of know who dies and where this story is going. So there was like, I don't know, like I, when, when Oscar Isaac dies, like I felt not too much emotional attachment to him, but maybe it's because I already knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of had the same thing, like all the way in the beginning, when I heard Oscar Isaac was cast as Duke Atreides, I was like, Oh damn it. Means he's gonna die. Like I was so yeah, upset about. It. Like, let's I be honest. I, I'm gonna say this is this has borderline nothing to do with this movie, but I think Dune is the most overrated science fiction fantasy Ooh. franchise ever. See, I know nothing about it. So there I'm is really no emotional connection to any characters it. in the book. Like, there's no emotion to his writing at all. It's like it's weird. Okay. As far as I because remembered, I need to re re. Read it, but like, well, but that's, that's part of what's holding me back on this. Is like, it. yeah, I started is, doing the audiobook. Yeah, it's, see, it said he doesn't he doesn't have anything. First off, it's border. I told Katie this last night. It's borderline irresponsible to make this film without green lighting the other one or doing them back to back. We all know uh, that they're now filming the other one relatively soon, but like, this is not a movie. This is like. There, there's no, I, there's a very small arc in this movie that's covered. Sure. Yes. And this is, this is to me, this would have been like them doing Fellowship of the Ring. It's not even close and to covering the ground Fellowship of the no, Ring covers. I'm just saying like at the end point, be like, okay, maybe we'll make this movie. But if this is how it ends, then this is how it ends. And you just I, walk away I would disagree. It. I would say this is like. Dune Part One is like making Fellowship of the Rings and ending it right as they decide that they're going to take the ring right to oh, okay. and, in Rivendell. That proved. yes, right, like that. That that's what I would but say. But you part knew, one but you knew it was going to pay off in some way. I think, Lord, I think I do think. To be fair, Fellowship of the Ring does better with an arc, but it's still like this idea that it ends, and I feel like I was willing to forgive maybe some of the issues that other people are saying about the ending because you knew that there was going to oh, be another one. You yeah. knew that there was I'm no worried that like I'm worried that Dune it, the book just doesn't pay off. Do you think they'll change more in I the hope, second I hope. second part of it? Again, not knowing the book. I hope. The the okay. Lord of the Rings comparison is the one that I see the most in most complaints with critiques or whatever. And I, I hear that argument, but I don't know just what this story is laying out, all of the pieces, all of the, you know, houses and the emperor and the mm-hmm. Benny Skerritt or whatever the fuck Tom Skerritt, which is that? Tom Skerritt was one Skellen of the skateboard? Skellen oh, skateboard. Skellen like skateboard. What is all that the pieces guy? floating? I don't get his. All role. the pieces it's, that they have to put in place that. to make this story make sense is just such a bigger undertaking than anything Lord of the Rings had to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, I would disagree with that. Jim's, you're getting... I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's just like Lord there. of the Ring rings. He's got a ring. He's got to throw it in a fucking volcano. <laughs> there's oh, there's oh like a 10-minute yes. voiceover by oh, Kate Blanchett God. setting up the world. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of love that, though, actually. That line is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's how Lord of the Rings starts. It's kind of like a cop-out of exposition. But, but, like, but, okay, but to that point, Timmy, and this is sort of what I'm getting at. What is happening in this movie? Like, what is what is he trying to do in this movie? Are you survive. talking about Timothy Chalamet? Yeah, like Paul. What no, is the main character? Like, like okay, what is that's the a good question? What is the plot line? Pro, you plot don't think of this there was film? Growth 
it's his I, I think there is acceptance but of what his or the beginning of acceptance of his leadership his role is, right we see we see him is. go from not at all wanting to be the leader of the atreides and then at the end but, he has accepted the role but Plus, I know in addition to accepting what his mother's bloodline has given him and mm-hmm. like learning about mm-hmm. that and combining the two worlds mm-hmm. together i i thought his character arc was fantastic and he he also through his visions conveys to us where this is headed right mm-hmm. so right. the notion that like this conflict is is just one of <sighs> many conflicts that are to come and that his he he has now found his purpose his people that he'll lead right i i, I did have a question though because i i'm interested on my grading of it i've watched this twice now Me in, too. in a in a two-week span and i do think my grade after the first viewing might have been slightly lower than after the second one. I think the second viewing for me, like up this film in my mind, like well, the, especially, the first one with, for me go ahead, with, with yeah. subtitles, like there's so there's so much mm-hmm. jargon in this kind of similar to like Star Wars where you don't know exactly what they're saying, you know, like. What is the name of, of the, the and coven? all the people? Yeah, Benny things are good. Yeah, yeah, Benny Jesuit. Like that word, I kept hearing it in the theater and was like, "What the fuck are they saying?" When they reference the Shai Halud, which is the sandworms, yeah. yeah. they say that numerous times in the movie, and it just goes right over my head in the theater. So, like, just that alone, Brian made the second viewing like tenfold or, better. Or the or the 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 fear is the mind killer, which is such a great line, but it's like it's whispered by Rebecca Ferguson, which it. It works. It's powerful. Yes. But it is so hard to hear her say On that. First viewing. I agree, yeah. Keenan. I also found the all of the um, visions Paul was having easier to digest the second viewing like they were mm-hmm. there. It's just the film. A lot of it just clicks more the second time yeah. because you're well, so and you also have a sense uh, of the chronology when. So when yes, you see the visions, the are you know, they, like exactly. which ones actually come true and where does it happen? And yeah. But Which, I by the way, none of them do, of the right? Visions, They're all bullshit. Um, no, a few of them know. do. But like, so are they trying to allude to the fact that his mom is actually uh, Fremen and he therefore is Fremen? Because they, there's no. visions of no. both she and him with the blue eyes. Well, well no. Oh, I thought that was like that, to come. That's, that's, that's I thought that, that was the exposure yeah, to the that spice. That, right, oh, that can right, occur, right, 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 right. But I thought it was interesting. It's like Keenan's to tan. me. Yeah. To yes. Does he look like he was in Hawaii? No, I we know, but it's <laughs> a lighting situation, Katie. Don't put something. Um, was he really there, or was it just like Zoom backgrounds? He looks that like would be amazing. <laughs> if you that off. It was my honeymoon. There was, was a it, lot of time. Was it just spent. a staycation? Oh, really? oh Jesus! Is it all did, in front did, of a blue didn't screen? You see him dressed as uh, Alan Grant. He dressed up like Alan Grant. From <laughs> that is true. Part. He did dress. Up he like like just flexed Grant. over there for all the sex I, I, he I just had. Yeah. Oh God! Please. Um, sandworm, sandworm, Get sandworms, just say sandworms, sandworms, sandworms. Okay. That's what Keenan's um, penis is called. <laughs> oh, dear lord, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the sandworm. Oh, god, oh, god, um, <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, but my point is, I was that that second view not only cleaned things up to me, I just think you realize how well this film is made with the yeah. second viewing because you think of some movies. Um, where you get that experience of you see it in the theater, it's this big blockbuster that you've been waiting for. And the first time you see it, you might be in awe of like the visuals and stuff like that. But on the second viewing, it just starts to fall apart. 
you know, and one of the comparisons in my mind was, um, even though I didn't like it as much the first time I saw it in the theater, was Phantom Menace. Because, like, the whole premise of, like, trade guilds and all this type of stuff, you know, to me, this is a movie uh, like Phantom Menace, except it's well-written, well-acted, well-directed with a vision and a story of yeah. what's going to happen. But you you watch it the second time, and Villeneuve and everything about this movie, it's just so well-crafted, so well-acted, so well-put-together from an editing perspective. It just builds. And I feel like it's you could watch it a third or a fourth time, and you're probably just going to pull even more from it, which I think at times is rare for one of these really big blockbusters. Usually after a couple of viewings, they start to fall apart. So I've only of- seen it once, um, but as soon as I finished it, I had that feeling of like, oh, I've got to watch this again. Right. Like that, like all of the pieces are there. And, you know, I, I think there's layers of meaning also beneath them. There's a, there's a visual story that's symbolic and a verbal story that's symbolic. Um, but I wanted to return back to what Jim said about the the connections to the characters, because I thought Denny Villeneuve did an excellent job of creating that connection, not just with our individual characters, but with the, the groups of people that they represent, um, like making those smaller stories representative of, of larger stories of, you know, systems of power and change and oppression um, I, I thought it was a really great job. And I, I agree with you that the emotional impact of Oscar Isaac's death isn't, it's not huge, but to me, because of our contextual knowledge of what happens when something like this occurs in terms of a regime shift, you know, I, he was, he was from the moment he stepped off of that craft, his lifespan was in question mm-hmm. and he foreshadows his own death. So you yeah. like, you, you know, it's coming, you yeah, know, yeah. it's coming. And so then you're like, you're ready for it. No, but even every, but yeah. And, and as we but go Jim, further, you're talking about it in context of the book, right? More no, so than the film. Yeah. Right? What I'm saying is it doesn't, wrote the book. it doesn't ex- like, yeah. What I'm saying is that like that, if there is any emotional connection in the film, it, it's in spite of the book, not b- oh. because of it. Okay, I so think. I I think that's put, why I put those. So can we just say that there is? Yeah, yeah. Well, there, yeah, I, I, I would that say was there Jim's is. Point, right? The, yeah, yeah. And and I would say my only other criticism I have of this movie, and I realized it on the second time, second watch, is that there's some pretty cool little action things that I missed the mm. first time around, and this is a a directing piece that I, I didn't on the second watch. I think he could have done better are sort of like the chaos of the war scenes are like intentionally vague of like what's happening. Hmm. But there's even a moment when, when Duncan Idaho takes the, the ornithopter when he escapes and he basically like scares the guys away. He Hmm. like kills two of them. And the other two guys are like, fuck this. I'm not fighting him. They he gets in the thing. He flies up above a ridge, and he shoots off a bunch of missiles. And if you're not like paying attention, it doesn't. It it seems like it's just happening. Like I don't know. There's something about the way he directed the action in this movie that seems a little confused, and that's probably purposeful because it's you know it's frenetic. But I I felt like the the sword fighting. 
I don't know. There's just something that didn't connect for me in that in that like general area where like well, he's supposed to be the the biggest badass there is, right? And he is, and we see him kill twenty Sertakar or whatever. They're the they're the most kind badass, like elite. right? Yeah. But right. We only know that because they've said it. Everyone's fighting looks exactly the same. There's mm -hmm. nothing that he's doing that looks special, and there's nothing. There's no moments in there. It's just like, except him standing up after getting stabbed. There's no like, oh, I now I understand he is special. Other than the fact that we see him kill guys, but like, it's really him just taking them on one at a time. Like I, I don't know. It's, and I feel like that happens throughout this movie where it's like, we're told something's cool. And then it happens, and I'm just like, oh, that was cool because they told me it was cool, not because I saw it be actually cool. Is I don't that know. A that's a product of the book, you think, and like trying to squeeze things in and I don't know, expecting but I, prior knowledge, or is it just a byproduct? There, there was one choice? line in there that like, I forget who's saying it to who, but they just mentioned how like Duncan Idaho is this amazing warrior. He says and it to the sort of car, the, the, the mentor says it. Yeah, yeah. he Brad says it's talking to him. Yeah. And he's basically explaining why right, they no, need his. Man. They, they need yeah, his man. yeah right that guy they, yeah. they need his elite forces because duncan idaho's trained this army along right. with gurney Gur 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 or whatever Gur yeah. Yeah. So, so you're just supposed to accept that these guys are badasses but i, I hear what you're saying no but I they kind of showed us how like my yep. thing is like the, mm. the fight sequence when he's supposed to be badass did not seem badass mm. to me. It, it just felt badass. Oh, I it the just kind of was though. I thought that one was. It's badass I when he the first one too. When he stands yeah. up at the end, like, but then like, you don't yeah. even see. You can't. Yeah. The direction of that scene, you can't even see what he actually does when he stands up again, other than getting them to stop shooting that gun, like or the the laser cutter, so that yeah. they can cross. I and I guess that's like a story beat, like oh his heroic allowed them to yeah. like cross the cross the path but like i just wanted to see more like from him huh. I, I didn't I think it's yeah yeah no i think it's interesting in that i think this is a visually stunning film yet that like visually stunning parts of it are more landscape type right shots as opposed to action which right. is which is interesting to the compare vehicles, it to lord of the, the rings those are incredible the moment yes. at the end of oh, at, yeah. end of fellowship of the ring when Aragorn's taking on the Urukai and letting yes. Frodo escape. That's that, a great that, sequence. Yeah, I agree. Right, I but th think I about the sword that, fighting yeah. there compared to like what we saw in this movie, which is yeah, like, it was, it was it's like blurry more, and like flashes yeah. of blue and red. It doesn't, it didn't resonate as like emotionally cool. I do cool. feel like it was a choice, but I don't think it was, yeah. as, I, I thought it was, I was actually surprised on the second viewing I felt like there was more action and maybe it was slightly better than I did on the first viewing of it. But I do think like the maybe the action component of it, if I had to rank things is towards the bottom compared to the other things, because I yes. like for me, the the emotional piece like Oscar Isaac, I think is brilliant in this. And I particularly love the way Denny Villeneuve staged that whole sequence where he's dying. It's mm -hmm. such a piece of like Renaissance art of you see mm -hmm. like so many of the pictures of Jesus, like just hanging back yeah. when he's like lying back on that seat. And I, like that to me, that sequence hit completely. And maybe it's just my willingness because I love his performance in so many things that even though his screen time is somewhat minimized, like I completely am connected to him maybe be 
because I think he's so good in his performances and yeah. all the movies that he's in. So that I buy that. So I don't know. I look at the action somewhat different. It's something that we we have talked about. I, I know I've talked about this before with Tim a little bit, which is I feel like we the way that action movies are now, like we, we are spoon fed everything. And I think that the action in this movie is so subtle. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I thought that that the, the attack at night, it is so brutal, yet we don't see the brutality. It's like it, it's a more of a tonal thing. And he's so subtle in showing it that you feel it more than actually see it. Well, do you like felt similar? I felt I, I think his Blade Runner 2049 is also fabulous. Right. But mm-hmm. to me, the action in Blade Runner 2049 is also down on the list of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not that it's bad, I, but there's so many other better things in that movie. So I I'm, I can't say I'm I'm completely surprised that that's not the top thing in a Denny Villeneuve movie. Right. And, and well, the funny thing is, like, so I was watching it and afterwards, I don't know why I wasn't I wasn't thinking of Lord of the Rings. I was thinking, oh, well, I, I know why I was thinking Game of Thrones, because we had a couple of Game of Thrones people and well, Jason Momoa. Um, but I, I was thinking of that horrible episode, the dark episode where you can like, see anything, yeah. where you couldn't see anything and how they were trying to use lighting and they were trying to use subtlety to convey a feeling and they failed miserably. Then I look at this and I look at the night scene and I look at the the just the 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 change in light, the brilliance of the attacks. Just it was subtle in action, but yet it was so beautiful in in the landscape. Like, as you were saying, Brian, like that's what he focused on, that you just felt it like like it's one of those like I don't I, I just felt like the action wasn't spoon fed to us. We had to kind of fill in the blanks. And yes, we're told how great Duncan Idaho is. And because of that, we don't need to necessarily see him. Yeah, and and how brutal I, I was the attack pre- and like the the it is brutal. That's the true. spontaneity or the the sabotage, if you will. It was like well, they kind of showed that Duncan Idaho is the man just by escaping. Like yeah. everyone yeah. dies. Yep. Everyone gets slaughtered. Yep. <laughs> you know, you see just and, Dave Bautista and you do with get prisoners that just like chopping people's chopping heads right. off. Like yeah. the way that yeah. they show sort of like the wave of soldiers coming through and then like that little bit of resistance and then the soldiers drop on the other side and it's just mm. like You're they're fucked. gone. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't even see Thanos get killed. Yeah. Which I doubt he is. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, sure. is he dead? I don't know the book. Or is so he floating up in the ceiling somewhere? Does he too have that power? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was. That oh, was that, weird. That movie was it reminded really me disturbing. of that scene in a what's what's the M Night Shyamalan movie with when the uh, Mr. Tumnus climbs the walls? It's that one. By the way, what's her name in Hereditary? Hereditary. Yeah, we yeah, haven't seen that right. yet. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, so I was thinking of Vincent D'Onofrio from uh, The Cell. Yeah. Oh, it's another one. The, uh, there are, there the are so many yeah. connections with this Wait, movie. Did you guys think Monsters, Inc., though, when they come in there into that room, <laughs> those people in those suits no, with the holes I, on them? I, they look yeah, like actually, they look like yeah. the Monsters, Inc. The people. Oh, yes, interesting. The <laughs> I was like, <laughs> were you thinking about Baron being like Sully? <laughs> yeah. Well, they look like they're contaminating, they're decontaminating the room. And that's exactly yeah. the kind of outfits that those, those people wear. I did appreciate in this one um, and actually um, Chloe Zhao does the same thing in Eternals that I appreciated is there is a lot of practical shooting on location. 
um, as opposed to going into that, whatever that vault is they shoot in now, you know, like Mandalorian and everybody uses where, I mean, those views look amazing, like for computer generation and all the stuff they do, but you can tell when sequences are shot with like lens choices and lighting and, and things like that. And the desert landscapes that they use in this are, are just, I think, amazing that they would go to those levels and when you see eternals you'll see similar things i think like some of the choices oh no you that saw eternals, in eternals um i did but like the landscape Flex. piece is unbelievable like the canvas the fact that he's able to pull back with some of the imagery even they use when they use cgi and stuff like that i think makes this superior to a lot of other sci-fi movies which have smaller canvases oh dude just just like the 80s 80s dune alone like this i'm glad we didn't do a double feature because like i I don't really want to dwell on the 80s movie too much but like that's another part of why like i'm putting this movie as high as i am is that it's just handled tenfold better in every aspect like the shields even though in this movie i don't still quite understand exactly what they protect you from but they're just displayed way better i the feel like i get this Tim. i feel like i get it yeah. so <laughs> okay explain the shield so it has to be like prolonged penetration which is Ooh, why those little bugs <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right easy gentlemen <laughs> um, it's why the little bugs are effective because it's like the stinger comes through and then it sits and it waits mm. and because the duke can't get it he can't reach it like that's what gets through the shield. Am I right? But like us, like the well, striking Ger- blow of a sword, you would survive. Gurney says what happens if you if you're paying attention. There's literally one line mm-hmm. yep. when he's training Paul, where he says the slow blade penetrates the shield. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's not about like it's not about how small it is. It's but, about right, how so fast it's, it's moving. and it's how they use their knife, right? It's not- not the size oh of the god. I'm having a legitimate conversation. <laughs> I mean, I was the takeaway is prolonged penetration is dangerous. So everyone. when they're yeah, teaching right. him how to Very fight, yeah. right? They're they're teaching Timothy Chalamet how to use his knife in an effective way to dis, disarm the shield. Right? Like right. to be right. able and to it's also it's something that like with with that. Once you know that, it is more impressive when you're watching Jason Momoa because you're watching him move so fast, which yes. means he's moving fast, stopping himself right as he's getting close to him to slow down enough to slit their throat and then move on. Yes. Is he doing that, though? Because I didn't pick yes. up on that. You see- no, that's no, part of the I problem. You, did, you, you see, see it went- turn red, but you don't see him slowing down. That's part I of my disagree. issue. No. All right. I need to watch again. You don't see him actually slowing down. You just see red instead of blue. That and and that's a trick. It's because it's humanly impossible to do that. Right, but, right. but but I think it's important if he's supposed to be the man that does that that you see it. Mm. Anyway, I want right, to rewatch. So I want to see more Jason Momoa. I, I do want to talk HBO about that. Though, watch like, it before it's off, though. Yeah, because Gurney does teach him that, and I I love that scene of him. It reminded me of the scenes with like Arya and uh, Sirio mm. doing like mm-hmm. the yes. the water dancing stuff um it's very it was very good i loved it so let's let's talk about it in comparison because i think this is interesting you know this idea of messiah-like characters Mm. in science fiction and where it falls with something like neo in the matrix anakin in the prequels because i think 
Paul and Chalamet, to me, pulls this off in a much more interesting way. And the movie pays off in a slightly better way than either of those other ones. Like the original Matrix, fabulous. We've done it on the show. But then they go so much into the Messiah aspect in two and three, the other Matrix. And I feel like it falls off significantly. And the prequels are a train wreck. What's so effective about that idea in this film? Is it Timothy Chalamet? Is it the writing? Is it the way they do it? What is it about it? I think it's really cool to think about the notion of the the human element in the creation of the Messiah, that it's not just a spiritual force, that it's also science. Yes, I also, but I think what you're saying is that they're only focusing on like the first 10%. What do you mean? Like he's not the Messiah in this movie. He's nobody. He, they still like, they're, they're, they're no one, no one has accepted him as anything by Mm -hmm. the end of this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So like mm. you can't. I, I don't think no accepted, signs. accepted. But that's right. different than how the audience receives it, right? So the the right, message right. that the audience is receiving yes. is that he is the one, right? Yes, the people that he's encountering, and this is like very true to life. They they aren't yeah. buying it yet, right? right. But we what get did, to be we get the dramatic irony of like knowing it ahead of time. What did you mean, though, by the well, science of it? So that the the lady, the lady of the Jesuits. Mm-hmm. The Je- <laughs> so let's just call them the Jesuits. I'm just going to call her the Jesuit, the Jesuit mistress. Yes. 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 She says that they've. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mom says it, that they've been carefully crossbreeding them, right? yeah. for generations yeah. right. to try right. to lead. And the fact that she had a son and not that somehow mom made herself have a son. Right. Correct. That the right. science yeah, right, right. was. She yes. was supposed to have a daughter, and she screwed up. But because no, well, I thought that that just, was purposeful. No, 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 it's not yeah. a screw. It's purposeful. Right. So okay. she is. She is just. Uh, his she wants concubine. to be Mary, but she loves him. She actually does love him. There and he loves her. Love right. Yeah. And because of that, she wants to wants, give him Jesus. Yes. Okay. He wants an heir, so she provides the heir, knowing yeah. full well that she is supposed to provide this female Messiah. And instead, okay. it's like, well, now I'm making a male messiah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, because I really oh, see. I don't. I don't that. think that's actually true, Keenan. The messiah is always supposed to be a man. That's what I thought. And, and, <laughs> no, yeah. that's what and I so thought. So when she decides to have a boy, she. Oh, that's why the was, Reverend Mother is okay. pissed. There was a different okay. power. I, that's what I interpreted. Was that they've kept this line but again, female for so none long? None of this is in the movie. So like that's a no, it's fair. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. So right. th- could that be in the second phase of this film? You think? But I could be wrong too. No, but yeah. you got it. Well, well, no, but just based on what they say in the movie, chapter of the book. Just based on what they say in the movie, you get that this has it has been a female line, and mm-hmm. the mistress Jesuit says you were supposed to have a daughter. Oh, I know, but well, I'm I'm talking about my statement with that it that the one is a male. They they I, do kind of refer I to got the, the impression one as that, male. Yes. that the fact that she chose yes. to have a man made it like that there was something different happened because she chose male. Yes. That like that yeah, he, that the daughter would not have been the chosen the, one. Sorry, yes. No, right, right. You're correct. You're yeah. correct. Okay. Sorry, I jumped the gun on that one. No, that but was, I think that that information is there in the movie. I don't think you have to have read the book okay. to understand that. A lot of my knowledge actually doesn't come from the book. It's the one version that none of us have brought up, which is the sci-fi. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did watch that. Which 
I don't remember. It was a good adap- It was a good adaptation of the book, but terrible effects and not yeah. great acting. <laughs> if you think it's bad with um, Kyle McLaughlin looking like he's like 30 playing a teenage Paul Trades, the, the dude he's playing, it's like 40 in the sci-fi series. It's like, I'm a teenager. I'm a moody teenager. <laughs> like well, I, all right. Talking about Paul and Timothy Chalamet, let's talk about, uh, you know, be, besides Oscar Isaacs, let's talk about probably the people who are the two big leads in this, which is Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson on the screen the most. And both are fabulous yeah. in this movie. Absolutely I, unbelievable. That was one of my first takeaways walking out of the theater was like Rebecca Ferguson was incredible. She just, I, I can't even put my finger on it. I just believed everything she was going for with being a mother, being uh, adhered to this religious coven, if you will, mm-hmm. just, just everything she was doing. I was like, I love this performance. Absolutely. I love that conversation. To me, she was elevated in that conversation with the Jesuit mistress and Paul, where he basically says, she says, like, who are you? And and he's like, I am my father's son. And she says, like, you're ignoring the whole other half of your birthright. Yeah, 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 right. And and in that moment, you realize how humble the mother has been in, like, her training of him, that she's never really conveyed to him how powerful she is. Like he doesn't get it until and somebody how, else calls and how it powerful. He could be. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. She's hiding that from him. But also, did did you guys pick up that? And and I, Keenan might be able to back me up if I remember this correctly. That the reason she was training him is so that he could survive that test. Mm. Hmm. So like, he's always going to have the voice, and she helped him develop it to the point where he could survive the test. Because if he if he didn't get that training, he would not have been able to survive the test. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah. No. They would have eventually found they eventually find people with that ability who are not up to par and kill them. No, but it's but okay. So how does the training of the voice It's more about it's more of about developing all the ability, like not just the voice, well, but I, like Right. But also, like, but by learning how to control the voice means you're able to withstand the voice a little bit better. That That's part, like, having a little better defense. But, I, but so I guess I'm just not understanding. I don't, just think about I it do, like I the Jedi. No, but I don't think. They have a bunch of. Di- there's a bunch of different well, abilities. Yes. One I of them is, like, controlling your emotions. Totally understand and, that. And not reacting. The piece that I'm objecting right. to is that the training was just to survive that test. Be the tr- because the Benny Jesuit will kill anybody who has the capacity for that ability, mm. but not the ability to control it. I see. Oh, so okay. I think her her sole reason of training is not just for that test. It's it's not like that is her her soul. That's not what Jim's saying, right? The, You're not. The test is the evaluation like, of of, like of how much per, he can control like his power. Percent of the reason. Yes, I would just like to say it a different way. Okay. Yeah. It's not the. <laughs> it's sole just, reason. It speaks to her training that he can pass the test. That's true teaching. Well, and, and You're not teaching a, to the test. Right. She's a, well. She's <laughs> also a mother. She wants him to live. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Long, no child left behind. No. <laughs> oh, there we go. That was more of what I was saying. I'm just Tim. saying we're yes. too data driven. 
in this religious cult. In this, in this society, 10,000. Then, years. like, passing the test is more like not dying. Yes. Yeah. There's what I love about both performances is the range that they play. Like, there's subtlety, like, they play in, in moments, but there's also, to like, I think Denny Villeneuve's credit, the way he like sets some of it up is some of like the 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 non-speaking aspects. Like when we're talking about like Rebecca Ferguson and how she looks as he's being tested and yeah. the choices that Villeneuve makes of showing her okay. or Timothy Chalamet. And, I do have a question of how he does. The one thing that didn't come through for me uh, that I questioned through the entire movie was that the mother had some sort of ulterior motive. There were a few shots of her face that I didn't get where I was... The e- Reverend Mother or which Jessica? Mother? No, yeah, his mother, mother. Jessica. Jessica. Even at the end, even in the final scene, they they take a shot of her face and I felt like, am I supposed to be deriving meaning from this that, that mm. I'm not getting yet? I, I, don't I do. Wanna, I do I have this problem a lot. too. Well, like, no, but I don't I, want to ruin part two. Like there, there okay. is a reason there, okay. there is. No, no, no. That's great. There that's, is a duality to her character. I'll just it. leave it at that. That's it. There, because there I think they set that up. They, they set that up. And the fact that this is a part one is a little problematic because that's one of the pieces that's not answered. Right. Where way, Tim, that that part that's going to be introduced in part two, hopefully, as long as they do it correctly, uh, it's not ruined because it totally does not exist in the Lynch version. <laughs> Like anywhere near there's mm. there's nothing about it. So this this there is something about her character that will unfold in part two that is very interesting. Yeah, and Brian, <clears throat> thank you, Keenan. Uh I appreciate that. And, and oh, now Brian, you know, Tim. So make sure you go see the second one. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> no, in I, case I just, you're gonna sit that one out. But no, no, I just mean like there <laughs> there is when we when we start off, Tim even said, like, I have I have some knowledge of this from watching the David Lynch movie, and it's yeah. like, well, David Lynch, first off, it's not even truly his version. It's he would have preferred to have it Alan Smithy instead of his name on it. Uh, But like it's a two and a half hour version of a 500 page book. Like it's not even close to (laughs) like a horrible idea. Horrible. And it's so much is cut out so much subtlety. The whole Messiah thing is cut out of that movie. And it's like, hmm. It's a big part of this story and something that I have always been intrigued and I've always been mad. Isn't that the I, second book called read. Dune Messiah? Yes. I thought that was it the third. Is I thought it the, the third? second was Children of Dune. Oh, I don't know. Mm, I, I thought it Dune went Messiah Children is the one that ties it. Maybe, yeah. but yeah, the one. I thought it was the other way. So, well, Tim, anyway, what were you going to say? Just, just about Timothy Chalamet and his performance and <laughs> specifically to the, the Messiah topic with uh, comparisons to say... Um, Keanu as the one in the matrix. Mm-hmm. And then the one that obviously comes up is Luke Skywalker, you know, and, and, and people can complain that Luke in a new hope can be kind of whiny and Timothy Chalamet never really, sh- I never get that uh, emotion from him. Like he's just struggling with his own thoughts and feelings about what the hell he's supposed to do with his life. And he lashes out a few times, but that's about it. And I he's think he moody, does it not whiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. put as simply as possible. Mm-hmm. There you go. Moody, not whiny. <laughs> I, yeah, I put him over those two in a heartbeat. Well, Luke, I mean, technically Luke's more. He's not really a messiah, though, is he? Uh, like they, he, he's, he's, a, like, he's a hero. He's a I savior. Anakin, he's a savior. Right? He's not a messiah. Uh, yeah, that's well, it's kind of the same thing. You know? uh, 
It's sort of the same thing. Oh no. Messiah no, implies like, like one. And leadership. Right? Too. Like hero many. Right, right. Right. I and I would I would say the Messiah is like the leader and savior, whereas mm -hmm. a you know someone is just a you know. Yeah. Hero's not really concerned about training the next generation. Right. Yeah. No. And fair. And I do okay. think that, Luke that, is closer that, to that. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I, I do think that they do something that the Star Wars prequels would have benefited from, which is having like the point of view of the struggle of of Paul's realization of what his experience could have been, which I've always complained about with, you know, is the prequels don't deal with that. Like, I feel like that's in some essence what Lucas was trying to get at this idea that you're going to be a messiah and the downfall of it and what Paul's struggling with in the visions, right, is he could lead this movement, but it's going to lead to all these people dying and this genocide and all this type of stuff. And obviously, this is a more mature film than Star Wars, but just the way that it's dealt with from the point of view and the struggle is just handled in but, such a more interesting way. But I is think. it like oh, I, I, he has okay. a vision of it, but he just says it. That's the and see, see like this it, is the part where no, like, he doesn't no, he, he doesn't he doesn't deal with it at all at the end at the end of this movie he does not accept being the messiah Correct. what he does is he says he's going to be the messiah because in his mind if he agrees to be the messiah and agrees to be who his mother is training him to be he can lead these people to kill the people who killed his family. It's a revenge story. But he that's does what it is to Timothy. The, that is what it is to see. To I don't Paul. know if I agree with that hundred percent that that's the no, it's a legacy, Keenan. He says he literally right. says, like he there's nothing about Messiah or anything in that final scene where he fights that right. guy and decides to join the Fremen. That's not what that scene's about. It's more about him deciding that he's gonna stay on the planet. And like yeah, join mom, these mom people, wants to send them home. The, yeah, <laughs> it's, but he says he wants to harness desert power. He wants that power. Well, for I think himself. he might want it, but I think it's the struggle that he goes through this whole thing, which is, you know, he's having these visions that if, if he takes power, what's that going to be? He's never taken a life, right? That end fight scene. That's the whole thing. He's yeah. never killed anybody, and there's this fear with this power. If I kill somebody, do I become? you know, what the Harkonnens are. Do I become what these other things are? And he's struggling of like the balance mm -hmm. of what that can be. And I, I just think that's done fairly well for, mm -hmm. for what we see. Now, maybe it doesn't pay off in the next that's, portion of it. No, so, all, all, all I was arguing with in that point, Brian, is that they he does a great job of setting all of that up. Like the struggle is all there and very apparent. But within the matter of like 10 minutes... I, I couldn't put I couldn't thread the needle of like why does he change his mind like from the time he's is in the tent not, with his mom not, I thought it was because of the fight scene yeah I thought so, it was forced on him so in because some way, right to me there's the the unspoken storyline is him evaluating what his dreams and visions are yeah and, and how and much they are foretelling for, for I, me for I me, it was hard to parse the visions in this in this movie. Okay, but so I think what you're seeing is is him because so many times his visions are flashing through his mind at the same time that you know things re are happening. Real time is happening, yeah. and so you're seeing him look at a look at a landscape and mesh together. I've seen this before, and here's what I saw happen in this moment, 
is that's what is that what's going to happen? And so he's trying to figure out how much of the foretelling, how much of the vision is real, is true. But, and so in the fight, when did there's that- a click. There's like a like he get because that piece that he couldn't figure out of like who, where does the knife come from? Who gets killed? Like who do I? What, right? Like he's trying to figure out like where's the blood? All of that jazz. She gives him the knife, and he finally realizes like it's. Like I am, I have to do the killing, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, that, you that's are. That's the thing that well, happens, and, right? And actually, to, I was, I was going to put a pin in it that actually ties in very much to what you're talking about too. When you look at the vision of when he is figuring out how to survive the desert before he even meets the fremen, he has a vision of the guy that he kills who turns and says, "I will teach you the way of the desert." Yeah, and that it, was him. I, I was asking Katie if we, that was yeah, the same yeah, guy. You think like, oh, this guy is going to, th- because of this vision, this guy is going to take him under the wing. This is going to be his next Duncan Idaho. But instead, what we get is the way that he taught him the way of the desert is by you must take a life. Yes. Like that and I vision also, was perfectly symbolic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I also <laughs> think there's the element too, like when he is um, and they're in the little hideout right yeah. before Duncan, o- Duncan Idaho dies. He's saying, no, my plan is we'll get to the emperor. You know, we'll have you testify that you saw this. And instead of making everybody know, I'll agree to marry one of his daughters. So he's still trying to stay away from going down this path of leading these. Like, that's his vision. And it's like that. I feel like the character change is when he's forced to kill. And that's like just my reading of it, not reading the book or anything. Like the line when Rebecca Ferguson is, you know, um, he's never killed anybody. And, you know, and they say to him, like, is is he screwing around with this guy? Why isn't he not killing him? And and she goes, no, he's never killed anybody. And this idea of the fear of him using that knife and killing is going to trigger some aspect of these visions that he's having. And by doing that and the first time I was less connected to this idea because i thought i was like not as enamored with the the end the first time the second time it hit with me much more than that well, well to me, the, yeah, there, there's a line in there about um it's a life for a life but like they say that but there's something else like right he says before, and I, he says um uh to ki- to kill someone or to take someone's life is to lose your own or something like yes. that. right that's that's the line yes. that's actually what i wanted to bring up that line right there and it's like once again that line does not mean he's actually losing his life. He's losing the life. He his had will. Yes, That's who he losing, was. He's, he's losing the future that he, the life he thought he was going to get. And yep. it's now that's dead. And now you have to be Modi. Well, that's it. So like that, that scene Timmy's is the hand. point. Tim's oh, I'm next. so sorry. Okay. Twice raised his hand. I, I thought he was praising us. I thought he was going, praise, was like, praise yes, the Maudie. Yes. Well, Saya, so much uh, wisdom. Kenan cut him off Shia at first, Lord, but Tim was Shia used to Lord. that. So I figured, yeah. no, no, no. Like Keenan's making great points there. Just like we beat around the bush long enough that like we can't we can't talk about this movie without you know we talked about there's a lack of emotion and it's probably because of the source material where and I'm no fucking aficionado on this book because i never read it but just reading some reviews it clicked with me seeing that oh this is the middle east spice is fucking oil and here's all these people that want to control it because it's super lucrative and look what it does to these people causes wars uh people like become super evil 
<clears throat> so I think that's also what Paul is seeing is he sees like how oppressive these people are driven over money and the spice. And he's like, I, and he has those visions where it's like him and Zendaya, like ruling over people because I guess they like control the spice all of a sudden. And like, he just, I, I get what you're saying, Keenan. Like he doesn't want this, like, I kill someone, I go down that path. I like take over Arrakis, I go down that path. I become the Harkonnen. So he's like trying to navigate and like thread this needle of of doing good by the Fremen, but somehow like liberating them and not like fucking over everybody else, you know? And I, I think that's also why there's like a lack of emotion to some of these characters where it's like this more bigger political statement than anything. It's not necessarily yeah. totally about the like interpersonal relationships. Right. It's also very understandable to me now watching this, why this is such a difficult source material to turn in the movie, because if you don't have a very good group going into this in terms of mm -hmm. acting like choices made, and it is a train wreck as we've seen before, or, you know, it's, <laughs> Because it, it it's not your standard good guy, bad guy, action, cliche type stuff if you really want to dig into it. Yeah, like I mean we, you, we saw you know what we Actually, saw we saw Paul when uh Javier Bardem like first meets with Duke Atreides and Javier Bardem's so dismissive. He's like, I don't give a fuck about what you have to offer me. You're just gonna like screw over my people or whatever. And immediately Timothy Chalamet is like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's true. And that, yeah. and yeah. that, yeah, he just says that's true. That's right. Um, that is where I was like, Oh, he's, he's trying to help these people all along. Like he's on their side. Sorry. Go ahead. Keenan. No, no, I, for, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to, I was going to bring up when we're, when what Brian's point of like, without the right people like what happens to this and i was going to actually bring up one of my favorite terrible movies because without the right group what we get is jupiter ascending that's that's mm. that's literally what you get you get nonsense overacting and zark tower yeah it yeah it's just awful <laughs> so well done um what one more thing i gotta yes. say before we start to like move on here is uh I already said how like there's a lot of jargon in this movie. So it's like tough to understand at times the, the names, you know, the names of the planets, uh, the, the, just like all of the names in this. And I'm sorry, but Duncan fucking Idaho. Idaho. Like a porn <laughs> name, right? But also her, that? the mother is Jessica. Yeah. So are they the, Lady so Jessica. if this is supposed to Lady be an allegories, does, does that just mean they're the Americans? I don't know. Right. Well, I, they are the humans, right? They refer to them as, humans in this mm -hmm. yeah as as they go through um tim big screen keenan big screen imax or regular and imax how does IMAX it as well all right how does it compare to your other imax experiences is it up there as one of the better imax so i would say for the longest time i said um but we we've brought this up numerous times of like, you know, movies that need to be seen in the theater. Uh, there are some that you really don't have to. You can see them on HBO Max when they're streaming like most comedies. You don't have to see in a theater. Uh, but there's some movies that are just so big. And the example I've been using for so long was Blade Runner 2049. Like that was, you know, Dennis Villeneuve's other movie. 
this one's taking that place now. This is going to be my example of a movie you have to see in the theater. I lucked out because this movie came out right before I went away for my honeymoon. And I was really worried um, that I wasn't going to be able to see it in IMAX. Oh, like honeymoon. That's be. all he was worried about. <laughs> I, uh, there were no IMAX theaters in Hawaii. Such hand no, rain. Already checked. Hold on. Hold there were on. none so, on the island. Just, just lay in that shy halud, <laughs> and he's uh, worried about so, fucking IMAX. The sandworm in action. The sandworm so, no, IMAX. Scene. Mandy checked for me. Mandy checked to see if it was an she IMAX. She you out. She's the one. <laughs> she was like, "Get at it. Get the hell well, out." Well, actually, here. I'll. I'll bring that up I, I i did want to bring up her reaction to this movie too because that she she saw it with me um but no thankfully like when i came back like it was there was a i was able to see it the day before it left the theaters then eternals took over so i was so happy to see this in imax it was so worth it uh the sound alone it's it's just you you experience it when you're in imax you experience it uh, as what are you fucking working for IMAX? Isn't that like what what it says when 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 the when the sound tries to punch a hole in your chest? It's like experience this, bitch. Yeah, it's like don't see a movie, be part of a movie or whatever it says. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna blow the didgeridoo up your asshole. Uh, that wasn't yeah. The music was. They awesome. use the didgeridoo too. I, they're going to the didgeridoo too much these days. Yeah, it was like the dice too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the the sound the sound at times was a little much in the IMAX experience. Like it was a little too. You're like, thinking of the oh guy my talking. God, you're supposed to be yeah, experiencing this like crazy. Mm, yes. no, well, the guy talking Brrr. sounded like an actual didgeridoo. Remember yeah, when? Remember that scene? No, it's, the, it's the. Can we talk about them it, putting? They use that sound so much now. The upside down bleeding guys and oh, putting yeah, the blood was, on their head. That was interesting. Yeah. That yeah. was very. How about the guys making coffee out of their spit? I, I, I was thought about doing that tonight too for our I, I don't think that was I, do you think that they just use spit like I, I was I think, wondering I if that was, was more so it was ceremonial filtered, like at the beginning of Waterworld yeah, yeah. similar it was filtered also mm. we didn't even bring up the the emperor in this or whatever well, like that, they he's they not in this. this they kind of built this storyline to be that he's like he's pulling all the strings to like yeah. basically fucking slaughterhouse Atreides I guess because he wanted Paul to die because he must like see that he's well, he powerful hated, or something. Yeah, and he, no, he well, no, 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 no. It's because Duke, yeah, because Leto was getting people started popularity. to like him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, also he had an extremely powerful navy and air force. So the best way to get him out of that was to put him in the desert where the navy's absolutely pointless. Mm -hmm. And that's why. I, I mean, like, yes, but let's be serious, Keenan. Are we talking about Navy and Air Force when we're talking about interplanetary travel? Yeah, like, what's the, what? What are we talking somebody about? Somebody explain to me what the fuck everybody's flying through. Like, is does that make them get there faster? I didn't know like that. An giant... opening in space yeah. and time. Yeah, it's what the what spice the enables. Was. But this is another thing that he didn't do a very good job of explaining. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell that they was. They literally just say spice allows interplanetary travel. Yeah. And then they show a ship that seems to be like have a wormhole inside of it. So which if doesn't I take, make any sense. Like, our bottle of cumin. And I just like really like whip it up. Yeah. Like I could create a wormhole. Probably. To, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going Dude, back. You might have to go in saffron or something. 1998. A more man. expensive than cool. going back. Right. Uh, still in the theater. <laughs> you might need to add some methamphetamines with there. <laughs> but but by the way, can we talk about that? The, the emperor is not even in this movie. Yeah. It's like, like I love so, that. 
I yeah. loved it. It's, it. It reminds me of Star Wars, which I don't think he's in the book at all either. Is he Keenan? I don't remember. Just so, say yes or no. Know. You know. So, I mean, despite all of its inadequacies, are we saying that Frank Herbert is sort of like the Godfather to no, because all of these stories that came after? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think absolutely. so. Yeah, yeah. This this is a huge. I didn't realize how old the story was. Story. I really didn't. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean it's there. Him, him or L. Ron Hubbard. Is that when it was, Brian? Yeah. It was yeah, the sixties, right? Yeah, he and L. Ron Hubbard, Dianetics creating what we need. Uh, still available <laughs> in theaters. Uh, still streaming for I think another week or so on HBO Max. Wait, you didn't say? It. Did you? What did he, any of you guys see it in the theater? No, I have watched not. it at home. I would love to see I, it. In I am yeah. embarrassed to say, thanks to your wedding, I was unable to see it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I chose, I chose he your blamed wedding. it on you. I chose your yeah. wedding. Wow. Keenan worked around a two week honeymoon yes. extended three, stay in Hawaii. Three children under 10. So <laughs> I will gladly. Well, your wife drop has four. I guess exactly. We will gladly drop our children at Keenan's house and go to Hawaii. And he can then go to uh, the theater. So, so Mandy did see this movie with me. Yes. What did she think? So after it was done, after sitting through two and a half hours, she turned to me. She said, "Wait, is that it?" Like she was, she actually like wanted more. Yeah. Um, and she said, it, "It's." She's like, "It's probably one of the best movies that you've taken me to see." Well, and I was like, "Really?" Because. I made you watch Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, I would I say that's actually that's some really great yeah. films. I was going to actually say, Keenan, the threshold that you've... Uh, Have we watched uh, no. Buckaroo okay. Banzai? I watched, I watched Midsummer with her as well. Okay. Uh, but Buckaroo she does put... Banzai. She actually puts this above Midsummer. Yeah, I would really? too. Well, so I, I thought about that because I had a similar reaction at the end of both movies of like Ooh. wanting to immediately rewatch them. Um, but you can't really compare the scope I think you just have, you have to hold judgment because until he lands yeah. the plane, it's yeah, so you're right. hard. You're right. Like, especially sure. with all these movies that deal with prophecy and stuff, like, he could turn out to be the next J.J. Abrams. Like, this could be a J.J. Abrams joint. Dude, this could mm -hmm. be where, the, like, the next two Matrix movies, which were fucking awful. Yeah. They were or even just it. Even just it. It's not. It Chapter 2 is not terrible, right. but it is, like, 30% as good as the first. And right. so, like, if that happens with this, it's going to be extremely disappointing. Very Even, Especially because all the actors are going to be incredible. Too. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be two and years. We have that wait now that we have to do. All right, uh, King of the Hill, bottom of the barrel, uh, and I'm, I'm sure all of us have probably seen these two films. Uh, this film is certainly better than Caddyshack Two. Uh, is this better than Aliens, though? <sighs> Recency bias aside, I would say yeah. no. Aliens is incredible. Like, Aliens is almost a perfect movie, if not a perfect movie. Yeah. All right. Katie or Jim? <laughs> it was definitely in the discussion of perfect movies. I thought mm -hmm. Alien was in your discussion of perfect movies, not Alien. Alien is both, a perfect both movie. Were. No, Alien is a perfect movie. Is it, I think we were just... I don't know if Alien it's perfect, but... Nothing, I got you. Nothing got is you. perfect you in Jim's eyes. Listen, go back to listen to that pop out of them. I have to go back and listen to it. I, I, I don't... What the fuck we said. I don't think it's... <laughs> Again, like you, well, it's the same as when we talked about Lord of the Rings. You can't, you can't talk about it. You can't compare it to movies that are not. It's not complete. Okay, mm -hmm. Katie. Yeah, Aliens wins. Okay, Aliens. It is. Um, all right. It is time for five 
questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. Make some man, Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, it's time for five questions for Keenan and Tim this week. We start out with this aspect of the film, which was traumatizing for me. It was I, I sat there for much of the film, sweating, shivering, terrified because of the sheer amount of sand that was in this film. I hate sand, guys. I hate sand. We need to get you one of those suits, uh, Bry. Of course. Uh, yeah. oh, when you go to the beach, I want you. Yeah. I want you in a full walk suit. In one of those suits. Yeah. That would be fabulous, actually. Um, guys, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on sand? So I'm, I'm going to flex here because where I was, I just had four different types of sand, which was white sand, black sand, green sand, and red sand. So got so some sand up. in my eardrums. So you, you didn't have your first Asian? <laughs> What's no, that? I, I, I think... From uh, Wedding Crashers. Oh, that felt very inappropriate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I like Sorry, sand. Keenan. I like... Right, when I, when I, when I go to the, the shore, like when I'm, you know, the shore, when I go to new jersey i refuse to go in the water so i just hang out on the sand so yes yeah, sand okay, and not too great. bad tim thumbs up or thumbs down on sand if i could give it pop addled thumbs i'd go yes. like one up one like a little above you know sideways because like sand does not bother me i i do enjoy going to a beach i have not been to a beach in a while i still prefer the wilderness um, but I have nothing against sand. It's still it's still a great experience. I, I always find fun things to do while on a beach. All right. There we go. Uh, all right. This film, of course, has the amazing Dave Batista, former WWE performer. Uh, here's a question for you. Would you rather watch a Dave Batista film or a Dwayne The Rock Johnson film? Keenan. Tim, do you want to answer this for me? Because I think you know my answer. It's obviously The Rock. I mean, 100%. And, and I'm, I'm there too. Like, it, this is kind of not a fair question because I don't think there's really a, a Dave Bautista film. Like, he's he's in films, but he's not like the lead character. Okay. You know, he's in. And Blade would Runner we want him to be? No. I don't know. Mike, I'd be interested to see if he yeah. could carry a film. You, you haven't know, seen Blade Runner. She has not uh, seen no, Blade hold Runner. On, hold on. He he does. He has some like kids. That movie. Amazon original one. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where he's like a, like uh, that, a babysitter or something. Yeah. And people liked it. Okay. Yeah. But the but Rock's amazing. But the there Rock is like moving with that, too. But when you see Dave Bautista in Blade Runner 2049, it's like such a more. Before the fight sequence, it's like such mm. a more subdued role for him. Absolutely. Then yeah. I do think he has range that has not shown up in the major films. Yeah. That he's been in. He's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, question three, film the blind question. Dune part two is already being green, uh, greenlit. If you could add any one actor or actress, don't have to tell us a role or anything like that. So if you could just cast somebody and put them in the next film, what are act, what actor or actress would you like to see in this movie? Oh, I'm just going to bite off the last one. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> The Scorpion King? Could the Scorpion yes. King show up in the desert? Yes. That'd be fabulous. Let's get the Scorpion King. I'm thinking male uh, Idris Elba. Yes. Female Florence Pugh. Pugh. I mean, she she can't do any wrong for me right now. Yeah, let's put her in anything. That's every yeah. uh, com majors. Uh, Florence Pugh and Idris Elba. If you have the two of them, you're in great shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Question for our favorites question. What's everybody's favorite Josh Brolin? I just pause this for a moment because i did ask 
Is he the one that's married to Barbara Streisand? <laughs> yeah, Kitty asked me that in the middle of the movie. Uh, Josh it's Brolin? his dad. It's his dad. His dad. Oh. His dad. <laughs> Would be interesting if he was. He Ooh. was married to Diane Lane. Oh, yes. Very good. Yes, I, I, yes. I do enjoy a celebrity pairing. A Thank you. A little bit different. Okay. Barbara Streisand, yeah. Diane Lane. Uh, what's everybody's favorite Josh Brolin movie? <sighs> Goonies? I can go first I, if you I, need I me to. Yeah, go first. I, I, for me, it's right now. It's Goonies. I have, I, I don't know, but it's, yeah, Goonies. It's a toss up for me. I really, really like the first Sicario, um, movie, or No Country for Old Men. Mm. Great in both of them. Jeez, I was gonna go like Goonies or Deadpool you know. too. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yes, <laughs> I was gonna go Deadpool too. <laughs> like a totally just. Just throw it out on movie. Yeah. Just uh, not Infinity War as Thanos. Nah, doesn't really count because you because the him. yeah he's so that it's... movie's forgettable. That's why. Oh, it's not forgettable. Infinity War is absolutely forgettable Infinity. at this point. And then for bias, Jim. Uh, all right, finally our deep thoughts question. This is a tough. He's smiling. He's feeling it too. I can <laughs> tell. What's a film that would have benefited from being split into two parts like Dune? That was made as solely a single film. Do you have? And in you go, please. I, I, I'm. I'm. Mm. This. This is a tough. Or you know what? I'll give you my alter, alternative answer because I. Okay. I, yeah. Go for it. I can't really think of one on this. I would give the reverse, where move to any of these be, movies yes. could have been shortened. Yeah. Yes, okay. That perfect. I could totally do. Like that. Any that's... of the Lord of the Rings movies. Any of them. <laughs> Shorten them, please, for the love of fucking God, especially Whoa. all the Hobbit movies. What were we doing? The Hobbit that? movies. Well, Hobbits are 100 percent. Jim will probably kill you with a Chris knife later. Um, Shy Haroon's <laughs> tooth. I to yeah, to ch- totally change this question completely to be what movie shouldn't have been split into two. Number one, Twilight series. Uh, number two, <laughs> Hunger Games. Really? I, I recently I rewatched the first two of those, and I think they're still great. No, but the, the last oh, movie, the last one, last oh, movie heard. Okay. Two, and I was like, I, I mean, there's a lot to go over, but it it could have just been a little bit longer. We could have cut out a lot more like and then I did watch all the Twilight movies with the riff tracks, which makes it worth it. Um, but even with the riff tracks, like which for those of you that don't know, it's basically just Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's the guys who do it. You like play along while you're watching the movie. Um, Breaking Dawn which is the name of the last book. Like it's split into two. And like, seriously, the first part is probably the worst thing I've ever watched ever, ever. And I've wow. watched bad things and it is probably the worst thing I have ever seen. <laughs> of course, the correct answer is they should have given Emil Ardolino a lot more money to make chances are. A- <laughs> Keenan, is that the one where really she's pregnant with the it. vampire baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and the first, her, the first part, her. the first part is literally I just don't... watching someone. It would be like if I, if this whole episode, I was just making you guys watch a video of my honeymoon. Like that's all it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever watched video. the movie, but I remember listening to the audiobook oh. and the oh, reaction that I had at the beginning of that book. I was like, so what bad. the I'm proud fuck? to say we've never watched any of <laughs> Kenan, those films for this. Podcast. You could have answered for me. The dark tower deserves four movies, maybe seven instead of one. <laughs> that came across my brain. It honestly did, but I don't know the source material. So like, I, I also, didn't know if that was it's the from, problem. There's that seven movie. books that are roughly, oh, right. and, and the movie doesn't average about 500 pages it's each. It's like a sequel. Yeah. But it's, 
yeah, it's bad. All okay. right, there we go. Uh, recommendations. Anybody have any recommendations of things they're watching, listening? Controversial take. Going to go. uh, Hawaii. 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 Uh, pretty good recommendation. Uh, thanks, son of a bitch. <laughs> Send us all a check, and we'll make sure we go on that. The residuals from Pop Addle the appearances will surely pay off for us all soon. I listened to my first episode of Doom Thugs, and uh, is it Mike? Mike. Yeah. He gives he gives Timmy a run for the voice money. He does. Ooh. Ooh. Strong statement. I guess I got to yeah. my game. Mike gives good voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, two fabulous Tim and Mike episodes mm-hmm. recently. Amazing episodes. Yeah. We, we said on the end of the, the last time he, he called me that that's going to be a monthly thing now. He's just yeah. going to call me out. We're just going to bullshit. Last last episode, we it was Mischief Night. And we started talking about that, and then it just rolled from there. Yeah. We had no plan, basically. It's fun. It was a fun one. I enjoyed cool. it. Mm-hmm. Jim? That's it. Um, one, uh, don't get a dog. No, oh, <laughs> yeah. no. We like now. dogs. Um, I have not really done anything no okay i'm, I'm watching keep watching lock and key but i'm still not done okay. with it it's pretty Adios. good oh uh, why the last man i got canceled it was canceled so Did don't it waste really? i'm not investing yeah. in it yeah, yeah they're not doing it anymore Seriously? canceled don't waste your time canceled uh my recommendation is oh, eternals and my uh criterion choices two of them this week denzel washington in uh devil on the blue dress and john travolta and brian de palma's blowout also to palma the documentary which i've now watched four times i do have a recommendation actually uh right before halloween i watched donnie darko which i haven't watched in forever and it holds up pretty good and it's actually a great halloween movie the the timeline of it is like the whole month of october oh yeah and speaking of halloween i just happened to as i was eating late at night Throw on the television, Hocus Pocus was on. And it, it was like, it was like from kind of the beginning ish, and I watched it to the end, and I reacted very poorly. And then I listened to your guys' episode to, or that just came out, didn't know you were even covering it. And it, it was like, oh, thank God they hate this movie too. <laughs> I, literally the next day, Timmy, I'm walking down the hallway at school, and our sixth grade class is watching that movie. And I was like, Ugh. why? Ugh. No, don't. And then they spent an hour talking about virginity. I was going to say, yeah. like, we don't even do sex ed. Like, why are we showing this so much, vir- so much virgin? So people, much virgin. People who like that movie get so upset when you bring up the weird sexual undertones. So weird. And they have no response to it. It's like, Literally, the main character is shamed so often in that movie for being a virgin. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I just love that the female star of that movie went on to be an eyes wide shut. It's so appropriate that yeah. she went on and she was the, yeah. the lead in that. Um, Kathy what's and coming Jimmy? up on. Oh, yeah. Bell's palsy. Amazing. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> what's coming up on Pop Addled for all those who are listening to us on Pop Addled uh, right now? We what, Next episode, we're just going to do a topical. Probably just Keenan and I bullshitting, uh, mainly reminisce about the wedding, yep. honeymoon shit. Because I think we did the same thing. It was awesome. My wedding, and yeah, and like Fabulous Mike and I kind of talked about it already. But whatever, fuck it. Like we kind of just want Keenan point of view. We need to hear the Keenan point. Of view. <laughs> there you go. And then after that, I think we will be doing an Eternals movie special. Yeah. And at that time, it'll probably be like. You know, it, it might even be on its way out of theater, but that's fine. Movie specials, you can listen to them whenever the hell you get around to watching the movie. So you it's not like they... You can listen to it when you watch it on Disney+. Plus. I was just about to say... I was literally just about to say it. I was waiting to say that. Oh, wow. 
I cut you off, Keenan. Sorry. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Pay back for what you've done to Tim every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, make sure you listen to Pop Addled or listen to Com Majors or listen to the shit show, Our Shits Creek podcast. We're almost done with our second season. So and listen to Doom Thugs. And Doom, Doom Thugs, of course. Of course. All those great people. Listen to it before and- you go to sleep. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Katie just has the the Mike Tim episode. You just have, have, have no, no. You know what? I have headphones next to my bed. You can't <laughs> listen to Doom Thugs at night though, because that was a relatively calm Mike. If Mike hits a, if Mike hits like a, a roll and he goes on a rant, <laughs> it'll wake you from a dead sleep pretty quick. Oh, that's good to know. Good to know. All right, Fabulous. all right. Guys, and his wife so looks like Wednesday us. on a Thursday or on a Friday. <laughs> yes. Katie's lying. Katie did say that to Tammy. Katie did say that. It was that. clearly oh, was what amazing. she was going for. Not knowing I Tammy. Not, I, was, I did not insult I, the woman. I, that is no. what she was aiming I for. I know that now. It wasn't an insult, it. but you don't know how someone's going to take you something. Know, I, we had already had a thing going. I it was know. fine. Wow. It's fine. <laughs> we hope to have them on the show soon. Yeah. We'll get them I on the show. I love her. I know. It's going to be amazing. Um, All right, everybody. We'll see uh, and talk to everybody soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, what, What episode number is it, Tim? 612. <laughs> 5,002. <laughs>